Dad. Hi, Sean. How you doing? Good. Good. Are you excited to talk about music and movies? I am. Are you? Are you stoked? I am, I am stoked. Stoked is a word that um, I don't know if that was my generation or not, but I still use it. <laughs> sure. It's a fun, fun word. We should be stoked to say stoked. We should be we should be stoked that we know that the band crying is going to get back together. <laughs> we can we're going to secret this into existence. We're going <laughs> to we're, we're not going to secrete it. No. It, Gross. That would be moist. <laughs> Stupid words. Stupid words. Albuquerque. <laughs> I should have turned left. <laughs> Oh, how's how's your week? How's how's it been going? Uh, you know, things things are good. Um, I spent most of the last few weeks listening to nothing but the band Thank You Scientist, um, which really messed up my Discover Weekly. It's now just prog rock, and most prog rock is awful. Yes. Um, yes. And so. Uh, just a, a brief note on music because I know I know that usually I talk about movies and you talk about music, but uh, we'll start with music tonight because here's my um, here's my brief comment. I asked for 1970s punk music. Nice from my digital assistant. Okay, and it came up with here's a playlist: classic punk. That's two words that I would never have thought <laughs> put together. <laughs> Classic punk. And um, I'm remembering my favorites like Suicidal Tendencies and uh, and the Dead Kennedys. Just, those were classic. <laughs> it is indeed classic punk. But wow. Wow. What what did you discover this week? <laughs> so So uh, while avoiding my discover weekly playlist because none of it was was really good um my favorite band in the the entire world murder by death uh, released a a cover song album um they have a long tradition um kind of started with the the punk genre actually there was a tradition in classic punk where they would close out shows with covering songs from their their childhoods mm -hmm. um uh, like bands like me first and the gimme gimme's um, exist because of this tradition um and murder by death while not a traditional punk band very punk at heart um so they do cover songs quite often as well and with this this latest album it's seven or eight songs that they each picked one to to cover awesome um, and it's it's really a lot of fun it's uh, Murder by Death is a fantastic band. They do fantastic things. Mm -hmm. I'm always a little upset when they put out a cover album, though. I'm like that is time they could have spent doing like they make the best original music I have ever heard, ever experienced. It's the best music. Nice. So when they do a cover band, they or a cover song, it's they they really make it their own. Um, they do a cover of um, "We Only Come Out at Night" by Smashing Pumpkins. That is just fantastic. It's got to be better than Smashing Pumpkins. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> oh, did I say that out loud? Controversy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
they owe your comments too. <laughs> Upcorn and playbills at gmail.com. <laughs> dot crying dot <laughs> boingo boingo. Um <laughs> so there's there's a lot of songs that there are cover songs that you really enjoy listening to, like um Joe Cocker. Um in most of his stuff was all Beatles covers, wasn't it? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, and I, I knew Joe Cocker before I knew the Beatles. So thank you for that. So <laughs> the Beatles are uh, doing Joe Cocker songs. <laughs> yeah. They're really boring renditions. It's <laughs> but uh, cover music is, is a, it's a genre and a talent all in its own. Yes. Um, one of my favorites, uh, of course, the the Joy Ramone does "What a Wonderful World." Um, that was a. I don't know if I've heard that very. Okay, out. check that very one fast. out. Um, it's um. There's a lot of heart to it, oh, okay. which is it's it's still a a Ramone style song, but there it's you know it's punk it's it was punk never meant for commercial success it was just punk with depth yeah yeah maybe <laughs> <laughs> something you uh, don't get with all i wanted was a pepsi <laughs> uh, real big fish does a phenomenal cover of take on me by aha i have heard that and i love it it's, it's really good it's like the only good real big fish song um though i Real Big Fish, first big album, Kill Your TV or Kill Your Radio, something like that. Yeah. Um, the very first song in the album is Sellout, and it's a, a whole song about how awful the record industry is. <laughs> <laughs> Coming out swinging. I like that. That's <laughs> loads of fun. Um, I did not know. I'm gonna I'm gonna transfer to a little little story real quick. Um when my I first entered the the working world, I was given a questionnaire at that whole meet and greet your new coworkers kind of thing. Right, right. And one of the questions on it was, "Talk to us about your aha moment." I had no idea that this was a thing that Oprah started. Like, aha! Now I realize. As opposed to. As opposed to. Da, 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 take on me. <laughs> So I just wrote down aha lyrics. <laughs> Did anybody catch it? I don't think anybody was not nervous enough to let it go. So um, <laughs> it was, but that's kind of been the tradition of my career since. So. <laughs> I, I was, uh, I was a uh, manager of a restaurant and I was uh, working with a, a manager trainee. I was training this guy and the, my boss pulls me aside and he says, so what's your impression? And I said, I do a pretty good Nixon. <laughs> I didn't have a clue what he meant. <laughs> there's, there's some, uh, 
that's in the DNA, I guess, is, a, is what we're saying. <laughs> Wild misunderstandings. Wild. Wild misunderstandings. <laughs> I should understand this. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm supposedly an adult. Now, that's why we talk about music and movies. Yeah, why do real <laughs> stuff? If you are ever presented the opportunity um, on YouTube, there is a, a YouTube channel by a guy named Alex Melton, M-E-L-T-O-N. Um, he does phenomenal covers. He'll take like emo hits and transfer them into country songs. Nice. Nice. And vice versa. He'll he'll right. do pop songs as, you know, like here's Taking Back Sunday's rendition of Mary Had a Little Lamb or something. Um, <laughs> it's very fun. Very fun. Highly recommend checking it out. Have you seen uh, the the uh, TV show That's My Jam, Jimmy Fallon? I no, I don't think I've seen that one. They do genre mixes, uh, and it's it's pretty interesting. Okay, some, some of them are really good, and some of them just suck. <laughs> <laughs> they have different uh, stars on every week, and it's pretty. It's a cute show, um, very forgettable, but sometimes the uh, the shtick works. So that's during a writer's strike. All you can hope for is something working. That's right. that's, <laughs> please, please. Oh, that's fine. So, uh, so what else? What else did they cover? Um, let's see. They did a cover of "Creep" by TLC on this album. "Murder by Death" did that. Um, it's very fun. One of them that really threw me off was a sorry just a moment here <laughs> um it's a song called ecstasy versus adam ant and i've had a couple of songs like this pop up recently one was um by less than jake called we think fat mike's on drugs again <laughs> um <laughs> ecstasy versus adam ant is such an inside baseball kind of song like you need to know everything it's it's the people magazine gossip of punk music okay talking about the differences between xtc and adam ant and how their takes on the punk genre and as a whole were wildly <laughs> different less than jake's we all think fat mike is on drugs again is a satirical take on their belief that the lead singer of no effects fat mike bassist i think he's just the bassist um <laughs> is also back on drugs <laughs> none of these make sense if you aren't acquainted with these concepts um, can you hear the dog chewing wildly on a plastic bottle in the background i can't hear it so oh thank goodness okay it's all i hear <laughs> <laughs> a little distracting a little... <laughs> But he's no longer staring at me, making think he has dog racks. So, um, so I've, you know, when it comes to that sort of music, it has its place. You know, you want to celebrate yeah. the community that you're building, but it's also so wildly alienating to anybody. Like, yeah, yeah. It feels like gatekeeping in a very weird and sure, sure, bizarre way. But the inside jokes sometimes are. Two inside right right yeah. that's 
Which is funny because Less Than Jake has a song where a lyric goes with too much small talk and lame inside jokes. Um, <laughs> and here they are. A song about small talk. Celebrating inside jokes. <laughs> that's that's so, very funny. Do you have a favorite cover track? I, I uh, was just thinking of a Blues Traveler's Cover Me album. Oh, yes. And so they covered their own songs and they changed them around artistically and absolutely phenomenally. <laughs> and they, they make um, run around uh, an absolute um, different song. And so it's two different songs. Um, That's cool. <laughs> those, those are pretty, those are pretty, pretty phenomenal, but my absolute favorite um, covered song was um Allison Krauss did okay. did a blood sweat and tears song wow and uh it's go, go down go down fighting go down easy going down but uh yeah it's it's absolutely phenomenal and she puts these these ghostly chords into it and it's it's absolutely my favorite and um yeah yeah it's you should find it everybody should find it we'll wait okay did you find no i'm kidding i'm kidding we don't have to wait. <laughs> <laughs> okay, pause for just a second oh yeah hey wow that was a great song Glad yeah we yeah let's, we'll cut this part out of the uh <laughs> the recording ready it sound like great editing it'll be fantastic <laughs> uh, that would be actual editing <laughs> what? <laughs> hello uh, that's cool cover cover music uh covered music is either great or horrible yes yes I, i've never heard a cover band that was like oh that's okay you know <laughs> somebody doing cover music that was like uh, yeah whatever okay <laughs> like a state fair kind of cover band kind of thing like, right uh, yeah. right yeah those are just those are just filler music and that's okay <laughs> they, they have talent most people who are in cover bands have a lot of talent <laughs> and they're just trying to make some money doing what they love that's great <laughs> all right so i'm going to switch over to to movies to popcorn of the popcorn and playlists title pop, because pop. pop music pop 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 music <laughs> um and i i was i've been a little infatuated with end of the world movies a post you know apocalyptic movies but there are a lot of genres to post-apocalyptic earth and th this one that just jumped out at me was nuclear apocalypse. Bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum. And so I picked out um, seven or eight of my 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 top post-apocalyptic nuclear war movies, right? You know, top you 10 know, disasters. Like, like everybody else has. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the first one is... From 1962, 
the most shocking experience of your life <laughs> with Frankie Avalon. He's in it. And it's a movie called Panic in the Year Zero. Okay. Okay. So a family is going out to um, uh, right outside of LA for a camping trip. And it's they leave just before the uh, a nuclear bomb ex explodes and destroys the city. So as civilization civilization descends into chaos, they have to learn to survive. And I watched this with my best friend Jack years and years and years ago. And the uh, soundtrack is a snare drum and a saxophone. Fenevetta. Fenevetta. And it's uh, very contrived <laughs> and very poorly acted. Okay. All right. But they, they do a couple of smart things, like they have a stash of food and they bury it in three different places in case they get held hostage and, be, and are forced to give food. They only lose a third of it. Oh, things like that. All right. So that's that's my um, the, the, good takeaway. The, the, <laughs> yes. Yes. That was the, um, you know, the 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 top of the list. I'm not that's number eight or whatever. OK, so number seven or six or I didn't really count uh, is called <laughs> nice. The Day the World Ended. And this one is starring Richard Denning. And it's from 1955. Okay. And there's another guy in it called named Touch Jenners. Oh, that's a cool name. That is a cool name. Paul Birch and Raymond Hatton. And the, the synopsis is in a post-apocalyptic world after an atomic war, war, seven disparate people find themselves in a protected valley in the home of a survivalist and his beautiful daughter. I watched this one when I was a kid. It's not a farmer's joke. <laughs> the farmer answers the door and says, never mind. Um, but it's 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 very interesting um because it was sensationalism uh, at its best from the 1950s. Right? That's, that's different kind off, of sensationalism. <laughs> right. Starting off with the um the concept that some guy who was a survivalist in the middle of a bunch of mountains. Um, pick the right place for the uh, nuclear apocalypse to pass over him. And uh, and in the trailer says, it's the screen's new high in naked screaming terror. Okay, so it wasn't very good. <laughs> but it, it, it made an impact on my head. All right. I'm hoping they put more work into the script than the tagline. I think, yeah, I hope so. But it had <laughs> nuclear uh, affected uh, monsters that came in over the mountains. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Next one on the list um, A Boy and His Dog. Oh, I've, I've heard of this one. Was this the made for TV movie? Uh, no, this was uh, in theaters. Oh. And it stars, um, oh, the, the, Miami Vice guy, Don Johnson. Oh. And he's traveling the uh, nuclear wasteland 
with a dog that can talk. Could the dog talk before the apocalypse? I'm I never I never could tell. I don't hmm. I don't know if they <laughs> it's a lot of lore to build into a Don Johnson movie. It, it really, it's pretty poor. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> we'll <move> right on. <laughs> Next one was a 1983 TV movie called The Day After. What's and, the uh, tagline? What's the tagline? <laughs> the tagline. It's not listing the tagline. That's. Yeah, oh, it's a made-for-TV movie. They don't it's get made for TV movie, but the synopsis is the effects <laughs> of the devastating nuclear holocaust on a small town on small town residents of eastern Kansas. I remember watching this in 1983, <laughs> and they had um, disclaimers running across the bottom of the TV screen saying, "This isn't really happening. This is a drama." <laughs> People were stupid in 1983. I think they might be dumber now. Um, <laughs> uh, did I say that out loud? Just, uh, just racking up the controversy points here. I am. I am. <laughs> Reunite, cry. Um, <laughs> okay, we're we're evening out now. Okay, we're into the the top four. Okay, and these are these are actually I I really like all of these, all four of these. Um, out of five mushroom clouds. What's your average for them? My so average is 4.6. 4.6 mushroom clouds out of right. five for the first four, including oh, a Don Johnson movie. Oh, I'm sorry. The first four, I'd give those a three point. Okay. Three point minus two. Well, all right. Mushroom clouds, inverted mushroom clouds. Those were pretty <laughs> bad. All of those were pretty bad. But on the serious <laughs> side, there was a, a 1959 movie called On the Beach. And I read the book um Ooh. as a child and it uh it's about it, uh people in australia a nuclear war has happened and um gregory peck ava gardner fred astaire and anthony perkins hmm. it's it's a phenomenal phenomenal movie um i don't think they have uh, a big oh it's the biggest story of our time is what the tagline is so um good tagline after a global nuclear war the residents of australia must come to terms with the fact that all life will be destroyed in a matter of months and it's how they deal with knowing that they're going to die and uh, how they deal with um uh, community and it's it's a very <laughs> very very well done well done movie highly recommend this this gets a, a 4.6 mushroom. Okay. Likewise, in 1964, one of my favorite movies of all time. No, I lied. It's a very, very good movie. <laughs> We're downgrading. It was We're a 5.9 out of 5 mushroom clouds. It, it, this one still gets a 4.6. Okay. Mushroom clouds. It's called Failsafe. Um, 1964. Failsafe, where something the failsafe failed, and mm -hmm. American bombers are going to nuke Russia, and it's the uh, saga of trying to convince them that it was that it shouldn't have happened. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so, so yeah, and I remember the the live television remake yeah. of that one. 
George Clooney and I want to say yeah. Glenn Close was in that one. Yes. Yes. Um, it is it is it is one of the best movies um, that I remember. Um that and was haunting the that one. It's haunting, <laughs> yeah. And the TV one was so well done. Um it was just yeah. Um and that was back when like live TV was was stuff. I remember um a multiple um Garth Brooks concerts at yeah. a, a family yeah. get togethers and a live event. Yeah. David Copperfield. <laughs> Ray freezing himself in a block of ice or whatever he did, right? He was uh he was silly. <laughs> Very good illusionist. I honestly believe that he made the Statue of Liberty disappear. <laughs> With <Honestly>. dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> can lady liberty swim <laughs> david right. copperfield is actually just that muppet that blows stuff up all the time <laughs> yeah. i threw the fish the fish comes back <laughs> my top two and these are i hope you agree that these are five out of fives okay first one 1983 matthew broderick war games war games you know I've never seen War Games. You have Tell me about it. Nope. It, the synopsis says, a young man finds a back door into a military central computer in which reality is confused with game playing, possibly starting World War III. So Matthew Broderick's, this is, um, uh, he was very young. Um, and he, he was, he was so good. Um, it, it's full of stars. Let me, let me, uh, Matthew Broderick, Broderick, Ali Sheedy, John Wood, Dabney Coleman in his heyday, uh, Barry Corbin. Uh, that's pretty much the ones mm -hmm. that I know. Uh, so he's a Matthew Broderick's a student, and uh, he he hacks into NORAD and uh, the the scientists that programmed the norad computer left a back door and it was his child's birth date or name or something and uh, matthew broderick doesn't realize that what he's hacked into but he um he starts playing a game of tic-tac-toe and then the computer says do you want to play a game how about he says how about tic-tac-toe he says how about global global thermonuclear war <laughs> and all the norad signals start saying that there's incoming missiles oh <laughs> it's very very good um it's fun and then i hope it's not maybe it's not post-apocalyptic to everybody mm -hmm. but to one particular family it was number one blast from the past blast from the past <laughs> <laughs> i just want to join the renaissance <laughs> as everybody should that was a wonderful wonderful little movie wasn't that That's... great it was happy <laughs> it was so good everybody in it was happy and uh it was just good just good <laughs> those are my top eight post-nuclear war i like it i like it
that's i'm going to add one to your watch list okay good i have no idea where to watch it these days but it was a, a skeet ulrich television show from back in the day um <laughs> when skeet ulrich uh, wasn't just playing dying fathers um <laughs> a show called jericho um jericho it's it had at least two seasons it got canceled before any resolution was done so don't go into it expecting the story to wrap up uh, but it's the story of a a town that survives um a whole bunch of nuclear explosions throughout america um and how they um figure out how to survive and it's it has political intrigue it's this post um iraq war kind of story of government overstepping and and people distrusting each other so it's um it was really cool probably only relevant to people who remember the start of the iraq war which was a long time ago now Um, right but (laughs) it was um very very good I, i will check that out you you mentioned the start of the iraq war so um live tv was happening on the the evening of the start of the iraq war Mm. where america was bombing all the bad guys and all that kind of stuff i was managing a pizza place Mm. that was one of the busiest nights of the year really it really was and it really was sad that, that people were so it was tv it was the tv generation you know Mm. Um, or or i guess many tv generations (laughs) we got we got slammed 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 it was it was quite interesting that's taught me a lot about people (laughs) stress eat pizza stress eat pizza yeah exactly exactly (laughs) so good stuff good stuff (laughs) yeah So next week, do you plan on watching something not Doomsday related, or you're just going to keep? I think I think I'm going to go for. Uh, I I I have this okay. So on my algorithms, you know, because mm-hmm. we faithfully follow our algorithms, I ran across. Uh, now I've forgotten the name of it, but it was a. I remember the the idea was that a man could go back in time through hypnosis. And he met a woman and they fell in love. And then he snapped out of, he went, came back to the current time because he saw a penny with, uh, with the current date on it. And that brought him out of hypnosis, but they were in love. And it was a very, very beautiful little story. Hmm. So I'm thinking of maybe time traveling love stories. There, it's not a small genre of films. It is not. It is not. So I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to watch a bunch of movies this week and see which ones <laughs> are my favorite. It's hard to. It's hard to remember, um, unless you unless you pick a genre. So, um, listeners, don't. If somebody says, uh, "What's your favorite movie?" Your first question should be, "What genre?" Mm-hmm. Right? Because it's. I have. I have favorite movies depending on what mood i'm in and that that will dictate the genre you know it's not like you know you can't you can't say roadhouse, roadhouse. Time, 
You could do it with Shaun of the Dead. What's your favorite horror movie? What's your favorite rom-com? What's your favorite buddy movie? Right. Shaun of the Dead. Boom, boom, boom. There's three of them taken care of. Those are the three big genres. Too bad they didn't have um, time-traveling love stories. Ah, drat. Yep. Well, kind of. Barbara, (laughs) we're coming to kill you. I I like the clarification of the the need for that question to be genre specific. That's a, it really does. Do you, I mean, if I ask you, what's your favorite movie? Uh, No way to answer that. Right. If I ask you, what's your favorite song? No way to answer that. No way. You can't. You just, you just can't. If I say, Mm, what is your favorite, what is your favorite comedy movie? Shaun of the Dead. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. See, (laughs) Uncle Buck. (laughs) <laughs> Uncle Buck, really? <laughs> no, I'm <laughs> very yeah. on that See, one. This is the whole point of the podcast to get to learn about each other. But Uncle <laughs> Buck, I've got questions. <laughs> Big bear. <laughs> Come on, John Candy and anything. He's awesome. That's true. That's true. Cool runnings. Cool runnings. Thanks. Thanks, coach. <laughs> Can't think of any other John Candy movies at the moment. Planes, trains, automobiles. All right, Blues Brothers. You, John Candy was in Blues Brothers? Yeah, he was a police detective. Orange Whip, Orange Whip, three Orange Whips. Oh, gosh. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that was John Candy indeed. That was John Candy. We're in car 55. <laughs> <laughs> We're in a truck. <laughs> I'm going to get those Blues Brothers. <laughs> That's ah, what a yeah. career! Yeah, a career. yeah, maybe maybe we'll next week we'll talk about uh, um, people who showed up, stars who showed up in the backgrounds of movies. That could be a fun. That could be a fun, and your music list can be musicians that played with other bands. Ooh, I can talk about Murder by Death a lot. You can, and you could probably say Sting with Dire Straits. That's money for nothing. (laughs) That was a great Sting impression. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. That's the only Sting song. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Man, all right, all right. I'm going to listen to nothing but dire straits to clear out some of the prog rock on my algorithms. Um, there you go. There and you go. more murder by death to, uh, cause it's, uh, there's, it was so bad this week. The discover weekly, um, oh, <laughs> just from the algorithms let you down. <laughs> well, I, I did it to myself. I mean, right, I right, cause you're listened to, to nothing, but thank you scientist for, a solid week and um it was wonderful rolled the car windows down cranked the music and the algorithm's like ah you want to hear more like this there's nothing else like this algorithm (laughs) don't try (laughs) i love it when you pick an artist and you say can you play this artist and they play like five songs and they stops yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> done don't even bother with the radio you don't want to hear it you don't want to hear That's it it's right. nothing but bad weezer covers <laughs> <laughs> oh speaking 
of Weezer covers. All right, all right. Before we close okay. out, um, all right, good. We got stuff to do. I know, I know. Um, <laughs> the band Glowbug. I I always feel like I say it weird. G L O W B U G. Um, phenomenal artist does cool hipster sad emo boy techno modernist it's it's a weird genre to describe sounds very specific um yes yes uh, <laughs> um it has a weezer cover album and it's i i wouldn't go so far as to say good but it's a lot of fun so check nice. that out glow bug Glowbug and Glowbug. Listen to, listen to crying and Glowbug. Don't listen to them together, but those are the. And thank you, scientist. All right, I've done my three. We're we're good. There Peace go. out. Peace out. That's right. <laughs> Any parting thoughts for, for I, us? I was just thinking that um, the most useful, the most useless animal i believe is a roly-poly <laughs> no follow-up questions 